Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil. This is the show where we get to talk about sports, we get to talk about business, we get to talk about everything in between, wherever you are, however you're listening. You know what to do. Five-star review, leave a review on Apple, like and subscribe on YouTube, all the easy ones. Most importantly today, I have Chris Adams. He's the founder and CEO of Sharp Rank. Chris, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Uh, trying to escape the heat a little bit, but otherwise... Otherwise, doing really well. Hey, man, take it. Remember when it was super cold and snowing only a couple months ago? Yep. Yeah, so everyone forgets that. Exactly. Yep. Yes, let's <laughs> never forget about that piece of it. That's the most important part. We're in, in, I would much rather sweat than be cold. So yeah, let's just I, always remember that. But, Chris, enough about the weather. We could talk about the weather all day. That's too easy, man. Small talk. Who needs it? More importantly, man, I want to talk about you, your background, what you're doing, sharp rank, how you guys got into this. But, Chris, the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? So it, it's so natural. It's one, of the, it's one of those just natural loves that came to me so early as a kid. Um, I, I think what drew me to it initially is the competitive nature of it. I, I loved and still love. I am... my. <laughs> My wife will be the first one to tell you, like, I am no fun to play games with. Like, just, awesome. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm no fun because uh, I play to win. Like, I play to win. It could be Uno. It could be Pick. Like, I don't enjoy, uh, you know, just getting out there and playing. And, like, the, the, the beauty of that is that, like, sports offer that opportunity every single time. I kind of you know, have always lived by, um, practice like you've never won and play like you've never lost, uh, mentality. And, um, so I, I took to sports really early and rampantly, like just like every single, people always ask like, what sports did you play growing up? And it's easier to define what I didn't play than what uh, what I did play. I, I, I really took to soccer um, at, at a young age. I was able to like um, play overseas for a summer. Um, so I, I, I played that pretty competitively, but from a fan perspective, uh, from, I, I grew up in Baltimore. And so given my age, the only sport here growing up was Orioles baseball. That was it. Um, three years before I was born, May, Mayflower Trucks took the Colts away. Um, and then, so I, I grew up just loving baseball, loving baseball, because it was the only thing there. And then, when I'm 10 years old, these superheroes show up uh, that are like, they don't even have a team name, but they're our football team. and. Uh, that to me was like, I mean, as a 10 year old, there was nothing cooler in the world than that. And then to watch that, um, that Ravens defense the first couple years, I mean, I, I'm still somebody who likes watching like six, three football games and just like knock down track out football. <laughs> so like, you know, I, 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 um, that, that really to me was the biggest part of it was just, um, the competitive nature of it, I was surrounded by it. I actually, in my hospital, not my hospital bed, my mom's hospital bed, 
my dad surrounded me. My first picture is being surrounded by sports apparel. So hockey skates, baseball bats, and just like completely surrounded. It's like we have a huge picture of it in my house. So it was it was written in the stars for me, man. There, there was there was no doubt where I was going to go in life. <laughs> that sounds awesome, man. Yes, as you said, from birth, pretty much, that was uh, that was ingrained into you. I think that's awesome. And, yeah, I mean, Orioles baseball used to be really, really good. I mean, recently it's been a little disappointing. And me being a Mets fan, now we have Buck Walter, so it's actually been a little bit of fun. So hopefully you can at least root for the Mets in some capacity. Um, but, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's always interesting, you know, kind of hearing why people love – these things that we love so much and a comp- competition it o- is always you know one of the ones that come to the forefront and it's you know business you know breeds excellence breeds competition right that's that's what we're trying to do and now we're talking about you know you have a background in finance and now you're working in the sports betting space and i mean those are two extremely competitive spaces right like you didn't like you didn't go for anything easy it's like finance okay yeah sure man if you want to work the thousand hours and beat everybody else you're more than welcome right so uh, what what was that like i guess like getting like what was was finance always a love of yours or was it just that the fact that it was the pretty much most competitive that you could get in terms of you know working uh, a working a lifestyle as you can get so, uh, so I, I, I actually, so I did my undergrad senior thesis on game theory tendencies in the NFL draft, and uh, that's awesome. Can I read that? Could you like? Send uh, that to no, me? I'm, Put it in so the I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed by it. That it, sounds it was, awesome. I'm a big so, draft guy, so like that sounds fantastic. It it like I had to I had to run it up the ladder really high at that unit at my undergrad to be like. No, no, no. This is a legit topic. Like, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, anyway, so after that, I merged, and I always liked finance. Like, I, I always liked, um, I, 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 I always enjoyed uh, finance to some degree. So uh, I kind of merged those two into my first job out of undergrad, where I was doing banking for professional and semi-professional sports franchises. So um, we were advisory investment bankers to uh, buying and selling sports franchises. Uh, So that was double-A teams, English Premier League teams, NBA teams. Uh, We tried tried to start a horse racing league where every city would have a stable um, and had the financial means for it, but uh, city governments don't play ball with each other um so uh but i was really excited about that (laughs) um and and so i got to experience that for the first two years out of school and really like that to me just ignited something in me that i just i loved i was combining two things that i love and learning so much You, you know your first job out of undergrad is always so important uh, i think and like a lot of it is who you choose to get molded by and the the guys I was working for there were the most efficient people uh, I've ever worked worked around uh, outside of sharp rank uh, were very efficient uh, I'm sure the most efficient yeah um, but uh, I and I just I loved that I loved the fact that <clears throat> I could sit in a meeting with very important people on both sides of the table like by my standards, very important people. And the guy I would work with uh, would get two minutes into the meeting, not even, and go, 
this is not a good use of my time and then leave. Um, and I would just be sitting there as like this 24 year old kid, like, okay, well I'll just finish up here with these idols of mine. And so, um, from that moment on, I, I, I always like, um, I kind of just trended towards those types of environments, like high performing, high pressure. I, I think it's just something innate in my, in my DNA that I thrive in chaotic situations. I'm like, I, when things are calm, I'm, un, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I like, I like my mind calms down the crazier the outside world gets. So finance presented a great opportunity yes. for that. I would say that is uh, that is definitely the industry if you want some, some crazy shit to go on. Uh, that's, yeah. you know, finance is a place for it. And especially with what you were doing, I mean, working with and trying to, you know, M&As and, uh, acquisitions specifically of teams leagues i mean we're talking billions of dollars right like so what, how many years ago was it what were some are you allowed to talk about something like the epl teams because i know a lot of them have been sold to american business owners obviously we just saw chelsea sold for like five point whatever billion to uh dodgers owner partially but it turns out most of these are just venture capital firms now which is kind of boring a little I yeah don't know, but like what were some of the the teams and uh that you guys had the opportunity to work with uh so i uh, and from an EPL standpoint, like I'll let people do their own. Yes, home. that's I perfect. I don't you don't say it, but we can look it, up the date. Awesome. That's yeah. Cool. So uh, I'm I'm from Baltimore. I worked in Baltimore, doing that type of work. You can figure uh, that out all right. very quickly. Very cool. Um, awesome. Sounds yeah. good. I like yeah. I like the sound of that. Uh, but that's just got to be so much fun. Again, for 24. I'm, I mean, what like what level of uh, responsibility did you have? Like so, do oh, twenty four? No, okay, cool. No, I was gonna yeah, say, like, how much no, they, no. did they even allow you to do? Was it more just, no, hey, I we mean, need you I, to do some stuff, or like, did you get to talk in those meetings too? No, I, I, it was like for for me, I thought I had the weight of the world, like, on my task. Absolutely. Looking back at it now, and like having left to go into like other types of investment banking, and like thinking about what I task an analyst with, there was, there was very little, I mean, th these guys were experts and they knew it and like, and they, they were very, very efficient. And like, I just tried as best I could to, um, help in any, in any way I could. And, and like, that could be as simple as like, you know, running books down to get bound, but like, it could also be, uh, taking a crack at a financial model because like the 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 modeling for a sports franchise is very different than like a manufacturing or a tech company etc where um you know expenses are kind of an owner's discretion type of thing and so you can't you can't really price off of ebitda or those types of multiples like in other industries because if i buy the team i can gut I, I can gut every expense mm -hmm. that I want to and like, and then it's, and then I'm like this highly profitable. So you can't, you can't really do that. You're, you're comparing apples to oranges. So you look at like revenue multiples because of collective bargaining agreements and things like that. And, and, uh, market comps, which is like, you know, very minimal, but we're entering a time period now and you're, you're starting to see it, um, where, team owners are they're old like they're they're there is going to be a lot of turnover and then you start to think 
who could really buy those teams? Like, seriously, who, like, there's, like, three people on the planet who can afford to buy those things. So you have to look at alternate means of capital, and, like, that's where venture comes in or, you know, private equity or, or some sort of uh, institutional group who has the means to be able to do that. Because otherwise, like, the, I think we're, we're potentially at, at the cusp of losing those personality owners mm-hmm. to group dynamic because the valuations have just gone so high. Yeah, I mean, as you're saying, like, you know, you can you really, anybody that has a name Walmart, right? <laughs> Whoever owns some of those Walmart stocks, Jeff Bezos, yeah. Jeff Bezos' wife. Like, we're really, as you said, we're talking about a very small group of people that can actually say, here's 3.5 or here's $5 billion, right? Like, yeah. and, and there's the valuation of it, and then there's how much it's actually going to cost, and then all the owners have to accept it. So it is really interesting. And, yeah, I mean, I, positives and negatives to that, if I never get to see Jerry Jones's face again, I think I'd be totally <laughs> okay with that, right? I think most people would. But also that means I know that the Cowboys actually have a shot of winning if he's gone. Dan Snyder, same thing. I know that like, who we've got, the, the commanders have a shot of winning. So, like, yeah, he's a terrible human being, and I don't want him to be an NFL owner to make the money. But as a Giants fan, like, I'm totally okay with it because I have no confidence in the world that the Washington whoever's are going to do anything. So it's, <laughs> uh, it's always, you know, there's that interesting dynamic, and it's, it's fun to watch. But you're totally right. Like, a lot of these owners are old. A lot of them are seeing, like, you know, I can – I could take the money and run, man. Like, why not? Yeah. You bought something for a hundred million dollars thirty years ago, and now it's worth four billion. Yeah, I think you made your money. You can still root for the team. Nothing really is gonna happen. I think it's worth it. So it is. Uh, it is always interesting to see all those. And I guess so. Where where does the transition from valuating sports franchises go into the sports bet? Like, where? How do you? How do you? Where Where does that transition even happen? How do you get there? Yeah. So so from from that. From that first job, I went to a big four auditing group or accounting, public accounting uh, firm for about three years and kind of, you know, again, chose chose the best work-life balance environment I could possibly find. And, uh, and then from there, I went back to investment banking, uh, but for tech, data, and cyber companies. Um, and... Short, shortly after, not shortly, but after that, I went to get my uh, MBA at, at uh, Virginia, and in in between that time of ending with um, where, where I was doing banking and, and starting, I, I heard um, I was driving back from the beach with uh, my my partner, and and we heard a radio ad. And if you listen to sports radio, you know this guy, right? Like, who's like making claims that are statistically impossible, Love it. and then guaranteeing people money if they call and buy the pick. And I, I'm a, I'm now like eight years into investment banking with like fingerprints, FINRA exams, background checks. Uh, compliance and still can't guarantee money and this like light bulb went off in my head like oh my god that regulation can't come from a federal level because it's repealed Mm -hmm. and states aren't going to do it because it'll inhibit tax revenue flow through trickle through tax Mm -hmm. revenue so like where does this Morningstar or Moody's or um, Carfax or Better Business Bureau, like where where is that in this market? Because like y- you cannot have the public consuming that. 
Like if you want this industry to expand and grow, that cannot exist. And we, I, I'm sure you saw last week that story broke about that former pro poker player mm-hmm. who was yep. claiming to have like inside info on team doctor doctors and guaranteeing bets and then walked away with $25 million in a scam. And like that, that is what we are here to prevent. So like that, that light bulb just kind of went off and we went digging and tried to find somebody doing that. And there was no, there, there was no one wearing the sheriff hat or the sheriff badge in the wild west. And so we just built it. Like we just built some really smart tech and, and data science and, um, you know, we, that that's the role we play and serve the market. Uh, and that's really where that transition took place is right, right there in that car. And then once, once we got home, we basically opened the back of the car, took out folding chairs and sat out in a driveway and just started like going, like just moving. (laughs) And, uh, and yeah. And then from there we just, uh, Put on the gas, like just, just kept moving. So, so how does something like that, like everybody's got a great idea, right? I talked to so many entrepreneurs like yourself on this show, and it's like the idea. Every, dude, everybody has a million dollar idea. That's the easiest thing in the world to come up with, right? Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. How do you actually execute upon that, though, right? Like, at least you're coming from an industry, as you said, you have the Moody's of the world, you have the the AM bests of the world, right? You're rating these things, and you're making sure they're okay. They're actually saying what they're saying, but like, how do you actually? Like, where do you start with that? And how do you actually implement that into practice? Considering that guy on the radio is not going to be like, yeah, let me, let me, let me get on the sharp rank so that they can know that when I say I'm guaranteeing something, it doesn't happen. Like how, so how do you kind of work all angles of that to make sure that, especially in the beginning, that something like this can, can survive? Yeah. It's, um, so one, one of the things I, I, um, I always think about is, um, I got, I got a, really good piece of advice from uh my dad actually like right when i i I came to him in a fever pitch and like they i i guess guess both my parents and my wife and um and like i had done that before and about something else it was still related to sports but something else and they their message didn't change it was like okay do it and I, and I was like, well, yeah, you know, it's like, eh, it's kind of this, that, and the other thing. And like, for whatever reason, this time when I came to them and they're like, yeah, you should really do that. That's a great idea. I was like, oh yeah, it, it, it really is just that. It's like, um, okay, what's the first, the very first thing I have to do and we have to do? It's like, well, we need to have a company. So like we need to form a cup co- and like you just start to like, there's, you can, you can imagine these lofty goals and things like that. But like what it really comes down to is what is immediately in front of me that I can be doing that drives at that end objective. And for us that, that, that came in the two forms. Um, one was, um, understand, well, I guess three forms. One was understand what needed to go into an algorithm to rank these people. Um, accuracy is important, but doesn't really matter. Um, how do we look at a 
fully three-dimensional DNA view of that person as a picker. So like multifaceted risk profiles, um, expense ratios, all these like very deep behavioral science components of this person that build them up to become a five, a four, or a three star. So understanding that- These are just mutual funds then, right? These are just mutual okay, funds. Okay, yeah. I yeah. remember from my days in finance, those five stars. Yeah, okay, that's funny. Yeah. All right, All right. thank you. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then, uh, and then so from there, um, it was like, okay, great. Uh, second, second thing, who do we need to add to this team to be able to do it? I can't code. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty well oriented around numbers and statistics and things like that, but I can't code or anything. Um, so we need one of those. Um, we need to grab somebody who has a PhD in statistics to run this by, um, you know, and then, uh, the last component is like, how do we get people to accept this into the market? And there's really two avenues to go, right? They're, they're kind of, um, I guess you would say they, one strengthens the other, but it's mm-hmm. cyclical. So there's the commercial side of our business, which is, uh, licensing our ratings and our data science into media properties. The other side is the consumer adoption of our ratings. And so, where do you where where do you where do you where do we spend our focus initially? Um, and so, that solving those three problems in and of itself were really like the biggest things for us. And from there everything else just branched off of that. It's like, you know, what is the core value of this company? It's like to provide transparency into a traditionally murky market, period. Like, that's it. And because we believe the market can't mature without it, it just can't, like, the total addressable market will shrink if somebody calls that guy and gets burned and scammed. They will never come back to sports mm-hmm. So we are trying to expand that total addressable market to more casual consumers, as well as that person who's like entrenched in sports betting. I think it's it's very necessary, right? Just scroll, go to hashtag gambling Twitter and see how many people lose bets every night, right? Like that's that's always one of my favorite things to do. It's like, yeah, we told you that we had, you know, this online. It's like, yeah, but I don't see where you told us anywhere, guy. So like, I don't really know how that how you told me that, but. It's always very interesting kind of how um, how the how the picks business does work. And, hey, there are some people out there that do well. Uh, there are a couple friends of mine that do run services, and, you know, they do they do pretty well. I tail their picks, and I make money, right? That's the goal. But yep. it, at the same time, that you're, you're so right. There are so many people, right? We've heard the, the, you know, Stu Finer. Everyone knows, you know, Barstool Sports Advisors. He was huge back in the day. They made a movie about him, if I'm not mistaken, with, like, Matthew McConaughey. There's, like, two, one for the money, I think. Uh, and essentially, like, what they used to do was they'd be like, we're going to guarantee, you know, call us up for the free pick, and then you can pay for the other three. And all they would do is half the people that would call up would get Dallas minus five. The other half would get Cardinals plus five. Like, that's it. Every other person would get it. So half the people would be happy. They'd come back. They'd spend money, and then they'd continue to buy the picks, right? So it was a really shitty, shitty business, very shady, murky. I like the word you use. How do you get... So you said there's there you know we have the three the the three problems those first two, way over my head 
that is what it is. You guys are smart. You guys figured them out. I'm more curious in that cyclical aspect, that chicken or the egg part. Like, how do you how do you have the the commercial side and the retail side? What are you doing to fuel both of those? Which one did you s- decide to say, hey, we need to go after this first? Because right, you need a little supply, you need a little demand, we need people to be happy right at the gate. So, how did you guys view that problem and and you know obviously become successful? At it? Yeah, it's so it's. The, the simplest way I've heard it described is like, how do you get the first guy on a dating app, right? Like it, it, when he shows up, it has to be fully functioning, otherwise he's leaving. Yeah. And so for us, that meant uh, focusing on these media properties where the exposure to the public is the highest. And really from there, we can trickle out and expand out elsewhere, but focusing on where the eyeballs of the public are going in so that we're being as protective as we can up front. And getting, uh, we had an early partnership, um, a really early partnership with uh, Sports Illustrated. Um, so we're the, we're the ratings agency for Sports Illustrated, we're the ratings agency for Gannett, we're the ratings agency for um, Parlay, Champion Gaming, like, all these, all these. Once we got that first one, mm-hmm. everyone else, everyone. It's tough to get that first kid in the pool, yep. right? And then once people see that kid in the pool, they jump. And and it's one of those things where it's like, guys, look, we're not like a nice to have in this industry. We are necessary for you guys to continue on and growing your business. We are required to exist. Us or our equivalent and so it because it does in every other industry like you look at a car commercial I don't know what JD Power does I just no know idea. next to every truck is 50 trophies and like I'm like wow that's, that's, that's pretty good right and so, so, so like there's it, it's everywhere in every other industry and like for us that is kind of what we're telling folks is like look you can adopt this and help push this market forward and push the snake oil out or you can let that wave crash on your head and like you don't want to be that group like you i'm just telling you it history shows like you do not want to be the last one adopting something that is necessary in the market because the public will come calling about that um and you know we we liken ourselves a lot to like um, Morningstar, you mentioned the mutual funds, and uh, for us, that's that's really the approach we're taking. Is like financial institutions are not going to pitch funds that don't have Morningstar ratings. Mm-hmm. We're following that same trend with like, hey, get your guys and girls, get them on Sharp Rank so that they can start using that to their advantage. We call it defend and weaponize. So. We act as that first wall of defense when the public comes calling and they can say, it's not me, this is, this is a ratings agency, this is their opinion of them, not me. Um, and then on the other side of it, they can use it to their advantage and use it against competitors and things like that. Um, and so that's really where we, we focus. Um, it drives our customer acquisition costs down when people see us in Sports Illustrated articles and on um, parlay videos and all these sorts of things um, and then that expansion of the consumer side answers another question for the commercial side which is 
one of the questions we get is how many how many eyes new eyes are my is my team going to get and so that's where it starts to mm-hmm. cycle yep um, now just to be clear uh that sounds like a very well thought out uh uh strategy and it is uh n- we made plenty of mistakes <laughs> trying to figure that out. Absolutely. So, so, um, so, and, and I would say this, like if, if you, if, if someone is listening and they're like on the edge of like, I have an idea, I have an idea, I have an idea, you are going to screw up, like just deal with it. And like, we, we view that as like, uh, creating, uh, I don't know how old the audience is of this, but like creating the photo negative of the photo, right? Like you can't, um, you can't have the photo without that negative. And that's what all those screw ups are. It's like, okay, not that, not that, not this. And, and that's really how uh, we go about approaching things is just test, learn, test, learn, test, learn, and then something, something works. And, and so, yeah, I'm sure anyway. it through all that you found better ideas too, right? You probably had an idea and you screwed up a couple of times. You're like, wait, what if we did it? You know, so because of one of those failures, you came up with a better idea from that. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, I, I'll give you. Um, so, two things is um, singularity of focus is important when it's on the core value of the business. Um, if, if you're creating features and strategies that tie back to that core value of the business, fine. The second that that focus shifts to something tangential to what you do and like very easy to do for you, but not tied to that core business, like that becomes a problem. And like I, I, uh, one of our early investors, very, very, very smart guy, like most successful guy I've ever been around. And, um, I had, you know, we had this like come, you know, like moment of clarity, right? In one of our meetings and it wasn't our business. It was close, but it wasn't our business. And I like called him up all excited. I was like, I got this great idea. And I like ran it past him and he's like, I invested in a good idea. Why would you do anything other than that? And hung up the phone. And I, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, noted, <laughs> noted. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important, right, for for anyone out there listening. I think most of them will understand that photo negative thing. Um, but no, I totally agree. You're you're gonna screw up. I mean, I, I had a business for a little while. It was it was a blast, and it was also like the worst thing ever, right? Like it's it's both sides of it. Some days were the greatest ever. Other days it was like I don't think I'm gonna eat tomorrow. So it's always, <laughs> it's always fun how that works. Thankfully, you guys have come out. It seems like that that uh, that emotional roller coaster has smoothed out a little bit for you guys, which is a good thing. And I'm I'm kind of curious, right? Like how I want to get into the nitty gritty a little bit without confusing myself. Like you, you talked about these pickers and how you have behavioral analysis and you know, all the statistics. Like, I mean, one thing that's always like, well, how do I know they actually place that bet? Right. Like, it's easy. I can go on, you know, uh, some of these tra- pick tracking apps like, oh, he put the pick in. Yeah. OK, that's cool. Like, did he actually yeah. play that? that? You know, so I'm, I'm curious, how do you guys make sure that you're going to the nth degree to those five star guys are really saying and doing everything and are are making and, and, and playing the things that they're they're recommending. Yeah, that's that's a good question and, and like where our where our focus is currently, uh, it's it's information flow more than it is anything else. So okay. like 
if someone is on NFL Network giving out picks and predictions, that to us is enough to say okay. this needs to be protected from the public. So we 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 take it as anyone who is public facing or anything like we 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 rate and rank some predictive machines. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, we and, and like. Anything that's public facing kind of falls under our domain. And that's where like when people see sharp rank, they assume that it's filled with like like just guys sitting in a sports book all day and stuff like that. And that there are a co- there are a few of those guys and girls on the platform. Primarily when we think about what we drive at from the onset, that is uh protection of the public and the expert in public facing uh, spheres so um, it's not and, and that's like the question we get a lot is like well you're a pick tracker it's like nah not really we're a data science company right like they they log their picks with us and we use that as 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 the foundation on which we can build and and create um and then from there, it's just about maintaining our independence. I mean, there's, you've seen a lot of them out there who start as pick trackers and then start producing their own pick content. And it's like, okay, well, you're Ford rating pickup trucks. So you're no longer a competitor. Um, and, and so that to us is the most important thing. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the information that the public uses to place their own bets needs to be level set whether or not that person goes in and physically places the bet, it doesn't we it doesn't matter to us mm-hmm. because we're saying that's as good as yeah. placing a like it, it's you're it's putting that out there to going, the public saying you yeah. should do this. That's good enough for you guys to say, let's take a look at this. Let's just make yeah. sure that this yeah. person isn't you know, I'm I'm sure those guys on ESPN are just terrible then, huh? Uh we're independent, I can't uh, you can you can look at yeah. the mobile app and oh, see and, yeah, and yeah. see for I'm, yourself. I'm I'm kind of speaking that one out into the world, saying, "Wow, yeah. those guys are absolutely terrible," and I'm sure they are. Is there anything well, below a three star? Well, no, we cu- um, we cut it off there. There's amateur gold and silver, but like, I think uh, one thing that you you just hit on is like really it it, it like really drives at our core business is that like we're seeing this unprecedented merging of content platforms and sportsbook operators like everyone has a dance partner or they've mm-hmm. bought one or yep. they're creating one and if you look at a bank the research side of the house which would be the content arm has to be completely bifurcated from the trading floor like has to happen it is required and so that is where we can really drive some value for people to say like, look, this con- everything under this content arm, regardless of the fact that they have a sportsbook partner, operator, they're under the same umbrella of the parent company, everything checks out here. And like everything is okay and validated and here are the, here's the DNA of this team, right? And, and doing that creates a more transparent and a more mature market because people are able to actually trust that content that they're not just getting like pushed to where the operator wants the public to go. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I work for an operator, so that, that 100% makes sense. Uh, it, it's pretty necessary, as you said, because if it's... I mean, there's, like... There's a couple places it gets interesting, right? Like, you see, you know, where these same-game parlay boosts are now all sponsored by some content provider, and it's like, well, that's interesting. Like, I'm curious about that one. Did they, yeah. how, you know, how does that work, right? And I kind of know how it works. So it's, it's, it's really interesting to see how all of that happens i guess one thing i'm curious about so you guys are you know you're doing the upstanding work and this is great and you're doing it because you want to and you're doing it because you're good people but you also got to make money right like how, how do you guys make money in this whole situation because if you're just going out spending data research time and statistics and having a phd just on call like <laughs> how are you guys making money in all this stuff uh it's for the love of sports you can't just Maybe, bleed that's money we love it yeah. <laughs> no. So we uh, we monetize a couple ways on on our consumer facing product. Uh, we have a freemium aspect to it. So there's a subscription aspect to it. Um, uh, there's affiliate links to it, um, and and then there's there's some light native advertising that like you can't even notice. Um, Don't tell uh, your it, advertisers that, by the way. Yeah, cut that. Cut yeah, that, yeah. I'm not going to. <laughs> so, um, no, no, no. It's 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 good, and 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 we, you know, for us, it was important for the public to be able to download, play around in that consumer-facing product without having to upfront pay something. Now, if you want the additional level of data, really similar to the Morningstar platform, like. I can go on there right now. I'm not an investment advisor. I don't need to know like all those nits and about a fund. I just need to know like what's it rated, give me the expense ratio, all that sort of stuff. And so um, there's that public side and then like getting deeper into it if you if you want to look for some like we have like 40 over 40 proprietary metrics that like you can dig into and understand and educate and learn and um, understand, we call it the Princeton percentile, and it's basically game theory, right? Like, it's opportunity gain and cost in different bet types and, like, based on your betting behavior. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's a lot of, like, really, really interesting stuff in there, all the way down to, like, records on certain teams. Um, And then... So that's the consumer-facing side and the mobile app, and that really serves as the mesh point to our commercial partners, which is one of the things we heard from people early on, and this harkens back to something you said earlier, was like we're, the, the content platforms are like, we're not going to teach our team a new CMS system. Like we've, We have enough trouble getting them to put out articles and, uh, and videos on time, like it just will not happen. And so we're like, all right, well, these are mostly younger people. All of them use apps. So let's just build like a really friendly, easy to use intuitive app and they can just have it in their pocket. And when they're at the bar, they can input what what they do. And then obviously like, you know, we go through and run all that through pick validators and our, you know, our five, audit procedures with completeness, existence, accuracy, occurrence, all that sort of stuff. And then, but but from there, what we do is we sell seat licenses, uh, just like Morningstar sells 
seat licenses for mutual funds. Same concept. It's a annual subscription for the content platform or the sportsbook operator, and it starts as simply as like, hey, we're going to initiate coverage on you. We've kept you in our watch list for the past three months. We do a character matrix on you based on skill, innovative approach, how you interact with the public, um, all these sorts of things to see if you can, you know, quantity doesn't necessarily matter as much as the quality does for us. And so um, we license our ratings back to those media properties. But from there, we can start to get a little more integrated with our partners and what, what we can provide for them. If you think about what we do as a data science company, there's a lot of things that operators and, um, uh, and content platforms can leverage just based on the data that, that they have from us. So um, they might now be able to know that this cluster of readers is going to be highly interested in things tied to this attribute that comes from one of our rating mm -hmm. or metrics and they can create individualized funnels to those consumers through that type of stuff. Same with a sportsbook operator, right? Like, rather than, hey, everyone gets a thousand free dollars, it's let's target specifically who those people are who are interested in like a $50 free play on the Jets money line because they have high risk assumption um, and score really highly on the risk profiles. Um, so all those sorts of th that that gets into like that is getting to the nitty gritty. But that is, I mean, that's yeah. super interesting. Again, me coming from that side of the business, like that's what we talk about on a daily basis. Like how do, how do we get to those specific players? How do we how do we get in front of these you know types of people in different ways? And I think it's a really interesting concept that you guys came together with. And I think it's really important. Again, being in this industry for a couple of years, I was at one of those content providers. I like to think we did everything above board, like we weren't, you know, s selling fake pics or anything like that. But it was really interesting just to kind of see what the rest of the industry was doing and how they were doing. And as you said, you got those sleazy guys that are just terrible for the industry. And I think it's important to have something like this, as you said, to really just like give a little bit of credence and clarity to really what's going on here. Now, everyone might not understand what five stars is and they might not look deep into those 40 different metrics that you guys have. But the opportunity and the understanding is pretty clear. It's like, why do you guys only have three stars? Three is not as good as five. This yeah. is it, right. Like it, it comes down to that. Let's be honest. Who's actually going to read everything anyway? But I think that yeah. part's really interesting. And as you you explained, the opportunity to make money in a couple different ways is very important, right? For you guys, we need you to make money so you could be around to continue to do what you do. Last thing I want to talk about a little bit. I know you have some deals, or you you tell me exactly the word you want to use, but teams and leagues and being you know, tied to them in some capacity. where we, we haven't talked about teams or leagues at all. We've talked about the media side. We've talked about the, the sharps. We've talked about the consumers. What do, what do you guys do for and with the teams and leagues? Considering now everybody has a sportsbook partner, right? Like everybody's taking the money. You know, take the free money, right, as you were saying. Um, yeah. How are you guys helping them? Yeah, so one of, one of the things that uh, – and the other area that I would add into that is states – Right, um, and specifically states that are having trouble passing this through, mm -hmm. we present a really nice opportunity for them to say, we're gonna do everything we can to protect our public. And by in doing that, we are gonna 
here is here is where there is valid information sources outside of that it is play at your own risk and communicating that to the residents of that state and that that is like a very 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 strong position for a state to take so can, can you tell us some of the states that you guys have worked with or are currently working with because we i mean i see on legal sports report every day who's trying to legalize and who's not so i'm just curious like who you, what you guys do and how you how early you're in that process yeah, it's early. It's early. And like it, it, it similar to the commercial side, like it takes one to reset the entire market. Mm -hmm. And um, we're we're pretty close with one one particular state. I, I don't want to like I don't want to get get into yep, that too much. It. But like you live in um, the state of Maryland. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. They still haven't uh, legalized it yet, or they have, but they don't know what the hell they're doing. So I don't know. I'm just it, throwing that out there. It's just a random note on my side. Sorry. It's a yeah. It's a it's an it's an interesting note to for, for whoever wants to take it. But but look, it, it, aside from that, uh, teams kind of fall into that same category, and like we're very similarly. It's early, but like as those sports books show up into the jumbotron and like mm -hmm. physical locations in the in the stadiums and stuff like that it's how do you continue to engage that consumer um it, and, and that is like giving them a place to feel comfortable and build confidence because confidence breeds engagement it always does and so but but so does the illusion of confidence, mm -hmm. which is where that snake oil yep. becomes really detrimental. And so for us, that's that's how we start to think about partnerships with those types of teams. Um, and to a lesser extent so far, leagues, but uh, leagues are interesting because um, there, there are a lot of sports that have an aging demographic and are trying to attract that younger fan and the quickest way and the most efficient way to do that is jumping headfirst into sports betting. In order to do that, like you need to be very, very comfortable as a league with who you are promoting because operators and content platforms are now mm -hmm. tied at the hip. And so, um, for for us we present that like solution for them with respect to like okay here is you have xyz partner for your league they're tied to abc media property we only cover a and b so we either need to figure out c or you guys need to say you know here's the fence mm -hmm. um and so it's it, it that's that's kind of how we work with uh, teams, leagues, states, things like that. But again, it's like really, it's early. Yeah, and hey, I mean, it's 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 early in this whole game, right? Twenty eighteen was only four years ago. Is when PASPA was repealed about a month, a month ago, right? What May seventeenth or whatever. So like, you're, we're pretty early into this industry, um, yeah. and it really didn't like pop off until like the pandemic, right? Like I. Yeah, we heard about it. I've been in New Jersey. I was never interested in it, and the pandemic came, and I missed sports, and then. Bundesliga German soccer came back and I was like well I can't leave my house like fuck it I'll throw five bucks on it I'll see what yeah, happens what? like I don't know and it's yeah. uh it's uh now I work in the industry and I have for two years so it's just funny kind of how it how it worked out last last question operators is there a way for you guys to 
rank these operators or not maybe not rank, i guess rank that's the word you guys are using the operators because i think like there are some that and, and like again i don't know how you guys would do this but like there are some that are a little i don't know weirder than others i guess we could say there's some that push a little bit of uh more predatory behavior than others like i'm kind of curious like what, what what you guys do on that end or if that's kind of future plan it it could it, it could be on our roadmap uh it definitely could be our our focus is really on um monopolizing media property and public exposure on for platforms and individuals of those platforms or otherwise mm -hmm. um All right. makes sense and 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 continuing through that now you Ten, like the next uh, derivative of that is one of two routes. Uh, and I think the one you just mentioned is one of those. Uh, the other is uh, getting into like draft experts and uh, like those types of things, because there are a lot of people out there who I, I personally Dude, love. Everybody's got a mock draft. I love the draft. Me too. Right? I like, love it. I love it. Well, yeah, your it, thesis. We talked about that. Yeah, of course. It, it is. I think it is like one of the coolest events um, in in all of sports. That and hearing uh, the gate and the bell at the at the triple crowns. Mm -hmm. uh, those, those two events for me are like so great. Um, but. So I think I think as you think about where we go from here, I mean, I, I think it looks a little differently. Um, I, th I think we're hyper focused on being that ratings agency in the market and continuing to plant flags and and just be recognized and leveraged at every step of the way. We we really see a world where um, if you are not using a valid sharp rank and you're putting picks out, you are viewed as outside of mm -hmm. what is real information um and that's that's the goal we're driving at really really hard and we appreciate you man again uh been in the industry a long, little longer than a couple people and uh noticing that and how much of a necessity this is i think it's awesome getting to learn more about it and kind of what you guys are doing just going back to the draft i mean so many people bet on the draft through these draft you know these anyway i know i did like i made a bunch of money on the draft this year thankfully so i think like they're, they're, it's 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 close enough that like yeah, yeah. I mean, come and it's really just the NFL draft. No one cares about the rest of them, but like that <laughs> opportunity there could be huge. I mean, I think operators. There's only a few of us now at this point. I feel like the ones that are still around, or you know, the, the smaller ones are going to get eaten up or leave because the, uh, the the marketing budgets just aren't quite that big. Um, so a lot of different opportunities out there, man. It sounds like you guys uh, have a couple cool, couple cool avenues to go down in uh, in the near future. Yeah, yeah, it, it's fun. So like, um, as far as near future like the next version of our mobile app drops in a couple weeks um which we're really excited about it's got some really cool new features we basically like used our early 10,000 users to like um really understand what they like and what they wanted and and we we built that in for for them and for everyone else but um you'll see a lot more reporting at the platform level as well we put out our first quarterly report in at the end of the first quarter and nice. the second quarter and um that that to me is like a, a really great snapshot of the industry like you can see dna of each of these teams and or each of these content teams and content arms of whoever and uh from there like there's ways for and 
what we can do and do is work with those content arms to say, hey, every month we're going to give you a snapshot of your team and two competitors, two direct competitors, and you can see for HR budgeting purposes, for promotions, things like that, all that sort of stuff can be gleaned from that, but more so you can see what it would mean for you to add a player or another content producer from somebody else's team to yours and what that would, what kind of value that would drive. So uh, there's, there's a lot of things that we do that you see the tip of the iceberg of like, you know, the mobile app and you see our ratings out, out in the public, but underneath the water, this is a, there's a there's a lot of stuff happening here. Hell yeah, man! Well, congratulations, kudos on that. I think it, again, it's 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 a great concept and it's it's in motion, which is the important part, right? You're actually executing upon it, which I think is, again, as I said, very important in an industry like this. So this is awesome, man. Chris Adams, founder CEO of SharpRank. Uh, SharpRank, download the app. What's the website? Where can we go check it out? Uh, SharpRank.com. Nice and uh, easy. Easy enough, and then we're pretty much on every social media. Um, come come find us follow along and then the, the only other thing i always say is like please 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 reach out like i i i can't tell you how many times i've like physically picked up the phone and called somebody who reached out to us because we want to know like mm-hmm. it, is, is this valuable or do you like it? what don't you like you know all that sort of stuff is like we we can only check our blind spots so much and without input from you guys and everyone else, like we're, we're building what we believe based on the research we have. But if we have other opinions, we'll take them into consideration. So please um, do not be shy. Uh, it'll be probably me calling you. So uh, uh, info at sharprank.com and Trust me, you'll, you'll, you will get a response. I will make sure to throw that in the show notes. I won't put your phone number in there. We'll, we'll, no, no, we'll no, keep no, you no, that. No, you can keep yeah. that one. I'll put the info at, at sharprank.com in there. Chris, this has been awesome, man. Sincerely appreciate you coming on, explaining what you guys are doing, how you're helping the world. I think it's awesome. The entrepreneurial journey, the finance background, everything you got is it's awesome. That's why I do this show, man. That's exactly why I do this show, getting to talk to people like you. So I do appreciate it. I'm jealous of you, man. Thank you for having me. This is this is a great thing you do. I, I I'm a big fan of, of, of this, and um, I think you do a great job with it, man. I, I really do. And like the seat you just real real quick, like the seat you sit in is so cool because you you said it. Like this industry is so new that the smartest people from every industry are flooding yep. into it, and you get to chat with them, which is like so. That's one of the things I love most about what I get to do on a daily basis is I get to talk to like the smartest uh, nuclear physicist who has an algorithm that can beat yep. half half time spreads and like you know or whatever mm-hmm. and like I just I think it's so so fascinating to watch this industry grow so thank you for what you do and um, yeah I mean, just, we're, we're big fans pleasure is all mine buddy I appreciate it time is the only thing we don't get more of so I appreciate you and everyone listening giving me a little bit of yours Uh, but other than that I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of your day thanks everybody see you